0: It's unbelievable to me that, that a serious critic could posit that people seeing something on the screen will just go and do it. I mean, it's obviously not true. It's obviously a lot more complex than that. Otherwise, everybody who saw Braveheart would be painting his face blue and chopping people's heads off and wearing a kilt. Why not? I mean, they say, oh, no, that's ridiculous. And I say, no, if your theory of reaction to film is correct, it's not ridiculous at all. And you have to tell me why it's not happening. I mean, the one thing is, if a killer goes into your movie and says... Oh, I was gonna shoot him but now that I've seen a stabbing scene I'll stab him and said well to me that's no reason to censor that film because that is not the issue the issue is did that man go into the film not a killer and come out of it a man who's capable
1: of killing that's the real issue
0: my guts are making noises and it's delaying me saying hi welcome to the show but hi welcome to the show i hope you don't hey. hear my gut noises
1: <laughs> yeah we go to say something and then hear and we're like uh do we wait yeah
0: whatever who cares hello welcome to queer horror cult i'm laurie i'm aria and we're here talking about movies yet again but this time we're talking about movies about movies and
1: which like, i think we've done or we talked about movies like about like movie yeah we did movie going. theaters and we
0: did television based stuff yeah but I think this is a little more conceptual about like film themselves Filming, regardless filmmaking. of filmmaking yeah regardless of how you uh watch them
1: mm-hmm yeah regardless of yeah that's a good point
0: filmmaking it's kind of about the process in different ways mm-hmm and the uh, act of watching films, for some of them. Or, yeah. in one case, the act of not watching films, very explicitly. Yeah. <laughs> not watching a film. Before we get to that, did you see anything good the past couple of weeks?
1: I guess I-, I finally watched Gone Girl. That was pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's a... <laughs> That's a movie.
1: It is a movie. I've never
0: seen it, so I'm, I'm not saying You've that's seen a parts movie, of it, is. though,
1: you said in class or something. Yeah.
0: Oh, that was wild. I saw a part of it in class. It was like, here's a way to, to like work around missing a shot in editing, but you can get a really great effect. And I'm like, thinking in my head, that looked really cheap and bad. Are we <laughs> sure I'm looking at a David Fincher movie? Well. I mean, it was completely out of context. Right. So having seen the movie, I'm sure it wasn't as jarring. Yeah, but... I
1: don't remember anything standing out to me like that, In at least not in that, yeah. co- that sense. Because there, there were things that stood out. movie certainly that were shocking and jarring but for sure not in the like mechanism of the filmmaking itself
0: yeah fair enough i think you described to me as it's like this is a girl stay winning girls rock movie (laughs)
1: good for her good for her yeah like to the the most like unhinged possible extreme naturally
0: well you know us here at a queer horror cult very much agree that thana did nothing wrong so Mm -hmm. you know maybe for us
1: i'm like maybe amy did some things wrong she probably did. She definitely did. Like, she, she definitely did some fucked up stuff, but I also, like, empathize with the, like... It, it, it seems like a, the, the, like there's a certain point of it that's like, oh, this is super relatable. I super empathize mm-hmm. with, like, what is, like, driving you. But then, of course, it takes it to an unhinged, this bitch is crazy extreme. Yes. Yeah. Which kind of, depending on, you know, how much complexity you can hold, would maybe undo that for the viewer. Okay, Depends gotcha. on the person. Like, for me, I was still like, ooh, like, she... she she's unhinged. Right. Genuinely unhinged. And mm-hmm. up to a certain point, I was like, mm, yeah, that really sucks for you. And yeah. you I find, get that. So,
0: Did you find that the movie had an effect on you?
1: An effect on me?
0: Did watching this movie sort of get to you in any particular way? Kind of shape your mind? I
1: don't know.
0: <laughs> okay, that was my, my bad segue into the topic of oh, what we're, we're talking sorry, about I, today. I, I
1: thought you are like, I I could tell by your voice, I was like, like you were leading to something, yes. but I thought, I thought you, it was like an answer you were expecting that I was just completely no, going no, over my head. No, no, literally
0: what we're watching literally, and Literally, yeah, as a about. segue
1: into yeah. today's topic.
0: Yeah, because uh, we were talking about the ways movies affect people's yes, brains. Yes, I would not give it that much credit, sorry. Okay, fair It was enough. just,
1: it was uh, like, I was in the mood for a a, a good-for-her movie, yeah. and it's not a feel-good good-for-her movie. I don't think they
0: have to be. They
1: don't have to be. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, again, going back to the example of moments of ago, 45. that's not a feel-good movie, no, but it is very much a good-for-her movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But since when have we ever cared about movies having to be feel-good on this <laughs> podcast? I think we've actually railed against the weird compulsion that everything has to be feel-good all the time. Yeah
1: that art has to be beautiful and affirming and all these things. I was
0: wondering how I was going to shoehorn that into this episode, (laughs) and here we are. Yeah, no, um, yeah, because I guess going into our first film, my week has been made up watching things that kind of made me think, like, hey, let's do this this Mm -hmm. week for the topic, in that I've taken it upon myself for no reason that I can discern to watch all of the video nasties this year it's something i've tried years past there's your reason is that i
1: haven't done it yet Yeah, i
0: haven't done it yet but the 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 thing that makes this one even more ridiculous is a i decided that i'm gonna include the the like sort of like ancillary films the ones that weren't prosecuted or attempted to be prosecuted but You're the ones that either. were just con- confiscated. So instead of 72 movies, it's 154 movies.
1: Jeez.
0: And the other stupid thing that I did is I made this decision end of August, and uh, it's just almost
1: nine full months into the three yeah, quarters in.
0: I think I'd watched maybe 15 of the movies on the list throughout the year just by happenstance. Mm-hmm. So why not? I'm making a good dent because uh, as I'm doing the job hunt and waiting for. Calls back that I if never got. Your resume into the void. Um, yeah, the resume void. Uh, there's not much else to do. Yeah, it's sort of like I need to be by a phone, and I have to be in a place where I can possibly do a phone interview. Yeah,
1: especially with uh, you know the pandemic not actually being yeah. over, despite what our fucking government.
0: Well, hold on. <laughs> you know, I ate the horse paste. I'm fine. Right. Note to listeners: I did not eat the horse paste. No. I definitely did not eat the horse paste. Mm. But yeah, so I've been watching those uh, video nasties, and it hasn't been corroding my brain too much. But I find that worrying. Maybe it's because <laughs> I've just seen these too much, or my brain's already corroded. I was gonna say you maybe know.
1: you're just your 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 baseline I'm that you're operating there. from. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, what what is there to corrode?
0: But that reminded me of this movie that I've been wanting to see for a while, and uh, as luck would have it. It's now uh, available video on demand and to uh, purchase digitally, which is what I did. Of course, you know, in typical me fashion, I purchase it digitally. Then less than a week later, the disc is announced.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to see it sooner.
0: Yeah, we did. And uh, that was 2021 Censor. That movie, it was tailor-made for me. Mm-hmm. Just like... At least in the premise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely have some gripes perhaps in the execution but in the premise and i would say for most of the movie it's like it is my movie Mm -hmm. kind of thing
1: it's a for you movie
0: yeah as i've talked about for the first gutter flicks episode that was an episode of this podcast and then got spun off into its own very short lived podcast that is now dead and buried um, ah. well in its current form it Fair. is but but there are plans there yes. are, there are designs there, it might
1: be revived just yeah. because it's in it's in a grave doesn't mean it's not going to have like a zombie revival or something yeah, exactly at some point we'll see
0: you know we've seen we've seen enough of these movies to know
1: we're talking yeah we're in talks yeah.
0: but yeah with that one um the first episode i talked about the whole video nasty fiasco uh, i don't remember exactly which number it is but yeah if you look back for the episode on blood feast we talk about the video nasty thing but it was basically in the 80s in england there was this big controversy about certain movies that they wanted to ban very heavily the film board took it upon themselves to censor the hell out of these movies and decide whether they were fit for public consumption or, you know, should be banned outright or if they needed major edits to be released. And this board of what sounds like uptight prudes, you know, caused a lot of problems for a lot of people. The thing that segues into this movie is the people that were you know on on the side of let's censor these movies and stuff
1: and doing the work to do so
0: yeah they honestly thought that they were like it was their moral imperative to save british society from decay and that's like the most ludicrous thing ever it's like thatcher era england right yeah it, it's it's movies the call like, is
1: coming from inside the house
0: yeah it's them releasing evil dead that is the reason why there's all those problems yeah
1: yeah not like you know stuff that happened in ireland or yeah. with, like the miners the or like wars yeah right like no 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 it's that like italian trash that's coming yeah. in italian, italian and american trash. and yeah. what have you
0: yeah so if you want to know more about those movies we did do an episode on and I'm sure I've talked about it at length and I'm sure I will again in the future, but just look up anything to do with video nasties as they were called in the press and you will get a treasure trove. And or listen to our our
1: episode about it. Yeah. As a plug. Yeah. Because the information is there and talked about by somebody who's very passionate about it.
0: Yeah. I have weird hobbies. But anyway, so censor, you want to take it away?
1: Yeah, so Censor, um, as the name might suggest, follows, well, it, it, she's part of a whatever organization, but she, it follows mainly the one worker who her job is to watch and review these movies and, and rate them, uh, make recommendations for how they should be uh, cut, edited, or just like outright banned, censored. Um, you get a bit of sense of, like, what's happened in her past and that there's, like, there's more to her than her job. And so as the days go by, you get the sense that things are kind of weighing on her more heavily. And it brings to mind, like, for me, the idea of, like, um, like, vicarious traumatization almost. Like, I wouldn't say it's quite the same because, you know, watching movies that are fake... Mm -hmm. I don't think is the same thing as, like, witnessing an atrocity. It's funny, or...
0: some of the people, the way they, they spoke about it, um, I watched the uh, follow-up documentary to the Video Nasties called right. Draconian Days. They're talking about the experience of watching New York Ripper. And, I mean, that's a fucked up, disgusting movie. Yes. I could see it having uh, an, an effect on someone watching it. But they talk about, like, it, the things in that movie literally happened in the room. Right,
1: them. yeah, which is a bit... It's like at that point it's like work on your boundaries
0: yeah
1: (laughs) but anyway yeah as a combination of like life is unstable in various ways and then also just watching this stuff day in day out and stuff you yeah like i said you get the sense that it's kind of weighing on her and kind of affecting her in ways that yeah you would expect somebody dealing with like burnout or vicarious trauma or whatever and that kind of category of experiences of like sleep disruption and not being able to separate like work from the rest of your life and things. And so at some point she has to view this, this one movie. Who's it by again?
0: Fuck. I don't remember the guy's name. I don't remember the guy's name. He's got a name.
1: It's by a guy, particular guy. And watching it, she starts to almost have like flashbacks yeah. And and, and it, it and it's really start, you get the sense that she's seeing this and linking it, what's happening in the movie, to almost like rec- memories that her, she's recovering mm-hmm. because her. Went, so we learn that when she was younger, she and her sister were playing out in the woods, and her sister went missing and has never been seen since yeah uh they kind of presume she's dead yeah, at this point early
0: in uh the parents first, get the death certificate yeah, the parents were like we got the death certificate because we think it's yeah there's like
1: you know closure and all these things and then so the main character you know has the like well we you're giving up on her and like mm. she might still be out there and she needs us to find her so in that sense i get a bit of like survivor's guilt yeah almost where a sense of like well I, you know yeah, well, exactly what I said. Like I survived, she didn't, and I don't know what happened to her. Yeah. And I feel some responsibility and a sense of guilt over that.
0: Yeah, because she very specifically highlights how she has no memory mm-hmm. of what happened, so she can't provide more evidence. And that's where the weird thing, like you said with the film, where it's almost it's almost like Mulder doing the hypnosis to have right re- the like past life regression yeah, or whatever.
1: Yeah, 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 and all of a sudden it's it's. Yeah, toying in her mind with the sense of, like, oh, my God, is this what happened to me? Like, there are these two girls and this really terrible thing happening. And what if... So this this mystery starts to unravel. Mm -hmm. Who is this filmmaker? Was he... Like, if this is true that it's triggering, like, a recovered memory for her, was he there for what happened? Was he implicated in what happened? If this is what actually happened to her and her sister, then how does he know, especially since we are told by his producer guy that, like, oh, he wanted to get this film in front of you because he wanted a, like, feminine take on it. Right. So thus becomes the mystery of who is this filmmaker? What else has he made? What What's his end game here? What is he doing? Is it even, is there even a connection? And, uh, yeah, things kind of deteriorate from there. Yeah,
0: that's sort of the, the setup we're going into with this movie. I guess that we started a little bit with the uh, sort of backgrounding of how the censors, like the real life censors working for the BBFC and all that, really were trying to... They thought they were doing moral good and that it yeah. was saving everyone. And it's a bit paternalistic of society, it is, yeah. isn't
1: it? And And that is very much like, regardless of where you're coming from, like politically or yeah. what it is that you're trying to limit access to, it almost always is coming from a place of, like, I really think I'm doing the right thing, I really think that I'm advocating for somebody or protecting somebody who maybe isn't able to do that for themselves, whether that's children, whether that's, like, sexual violence survivors, whether, you know, whatever kind of group we see as vulnerable and as, you know, wanting to offer them some kind of accommodation or some kind of, like, shielding from something that's just so upsetting and so terrible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you definitely get that in this, and that it has. It's on the one hand, it sounds like this very like again from the perspective of the person is very caring, this very like protective thing, and on the other, very yeah, kind of paternalistic. Yeah. We know best what's best for you. You can't handle this, so we're not even gonna give you the option. Yeah, there is
0: a bit of an air of superiority going on to the people that's like, oh, I can handle watching this. Yes. You can't. And then this movie, rather than showing that that's wrong, actually shows they're wrong in the other direction where it's like, oh, I can't handle watching this, it turns out. Uh, One thing they point to early on, and it actually becomes part of the mystery of the movie, but it does mirror some real life stuff. There is a murderer, someone that kills his family. After watching a movie that they passed.
1: Or so they're told.
0: Yeah, so they're told. Uh, because, you know, sort of mimicking something from the movie and uh, saying yes. that, like, it's kind of recode in a way that it fits into the mystery of what happens in this movie. Mm-hmm. But, but this adds
1: another stressor to the main yeah. character's life because she was one of the two people who signed off on, like, oh, yeah. yeah, we can show this. It's so ridiculous. Like, whatever. We'll just, we'll rate it as, you know, 17 plus or whatever it was yeah. and release it ultimately with minimal corrections. Yeah. But, corrections. But with minimal sensory. Anyway. But
0: the thing about that is... Uh, that's mirroring real life where there mm-hmm. were a few crimes and they blamed the movies for yes. it. Like, I, I believe it was the Hungerford Massacre where a guy went on a shooting spree. He had like a Rambo headband mm. on or like a similar kind of thing. So they blamed Rambo and then they started banning those movies and right. stuff from them. Like, you weren't allowed to have a Rambo knife. Or, not, not, well, I mean, you weren't allowed to anyway. They have very strict knife laws there. But yes. you weren't allowed to show a Rambo knife in a movie mm. kind of thing. And, um, they got really specific on things that can be replicated. We can't do. So, uh, that's why you end up with like Ninja Turtles too, not showing ninja weapons, like throwing stars or nunchucks is like kids can make this stuff and it's absurd.
1: They're just these like little helpless blank slates waiting to be imprinted upon by these terrible, terrible ideas with no critical thinking skills whatsoever.
0: Yeah. But then there's the uh, Jamie Bolger case, which yes. I remember specifically because it happened while I was living there. They said that uh, the dad had a copy of Child's Play 3. Right. And uh, they said, oh, the kids saw it and replicated it. And they started doing that sort of confirmation bias, where it's yes. like parts of the case mimic things that happen in Child's Play 3.
1: I'm like, where? That's uh, like the a, least good Child's Play. Like, well,
0: yeah, at a certain <laughs> point, the dad of the perpetrator straight up said that no, my kid didn't watch it, but yeah. the the train had already left the station at of that point. It's like, no, clearly this was the influence. You know, a movie like Child's Play 3 was seen as the height of obscenity, and it's, of I think it's... Kim Newman in the documentary is just like, yeah, when the bar for is set on this side of Child's Play 3, you know you're in trouble. And no it's like, kidding. oh, no kidding. Yeah. Well, it makes
1: me think of the sa- same kind of thing where I only learned in the last couple of years, but you know, like when the Virginia Tech shooting happened and it's yeah. like, oh, it's because of like, they listened to Marilyn Manson. And then it was only in the last couple of years that someone's like, right. And they were also like, super into white supremacist ideology yeah. neo-nazi bullshit that might have had something yeah. to do with it but no let's blame the like guy in the weird makeup and his his devil music
0: yeah but i mean hey that even like bleeds into the way we blame media for people's well, actions well yeah it's
1: it's the correlation is not causation and then also it's just it's really easy to say oh it's this thing and so we don't actually have to be introspective or look at solving any actual problems we just have to ban devil music or evil degenerate movies or whatever and then all of a sudden society's problems will all disappear
0: although to be fair i've actually kind of sort of uh come around to see the other side of this a little bit that they are causing problems specifically because uh the guy who wrote the screenplay for i am legend had to say like to people that it's a fictional movie because there are people that said they didn't get the vaccine because they saw I am legend and right. saw a vaccine cause the vampires. And you know, the, yeah. Wow. Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. And th- that's one of those where I'm just like, at that point that also feels like confirmation bias. Cause yeah. it's like, there's so much other anti-vax shit out there uh-huh. that like this movie that like nobody's thought about for how many years. Yeah.
0: Well shit. I-, I have a screenplay on the go that I, I really like that. If you gave a bad faith reading to one aspect of it, you could turn it into an anti-vax thing, which is not even remotely what the movie's about. But seeing how things go, it's like, I need to tweak that element because I don't want any ammunition for that fucking shit. Get vaccinated. Don't eat horse paste. Get vaccinated. Yeah.
1: Because, yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those, like, at, at a certain point, it's not even in the movie's text. It's just, it's one of those, like... It's you like know, connecting the dots of like, of, thing, yeah. of, like, oh, well, if I'm already in this mindset, I can find what, like, the confirmation bias, cherry picking, yeah. that, j- just that, that picture of Charlie with the, in, from, it's always sunny. Yeah,
0: yeah, there is no Pepe kind of thing. Yeah, there is
1: no Pepe, Sylvia, Carol from HR, all these people's, yeah. yeah, that whole thing where it's just, like, yeah, when you're cons- in your, con- you know, conspiracy brain, mm-hmm. everything can look like red flags or false flags or whatever yeah. the fuck.
0: Well, I know uh, David Cronenberg himself pretty much said it best, mm. uh, talking about because he was heavily censored. Oh yeah, early. I imagine. Like I mean, Scanners was uh, sort of on the ancillary list of movies that, oh. that I watched. Um, but for him, he had all these problems. Like to the point, I believe when he sent Shivers to get censored they just the censor office just cut it to pieces to censor it themselves kind of thing. Wow. Just um, took it upon themselves. But he straight How up, mighty of them. Yeah, he he straight up said because they they were saying like no these movies will cause people to to do horrible things and he said, "Okay, this is fantasy. You're confusing fantasy with reality, which makes me think I'm not the problem here. It is you <laughs> the censor board." you are the ones that cannot differentiate between fantasy and reality. I can. And that's why I made this movie in fine faith. And it's
1: like, you can't, and you're assuming other people can't. Yeah. It's like, project. sounds like a new problem.
0: Sensor boards just full of empaths. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, they must feel this because that's how I assume they feel. Right.
1: Yeah. It's, it's tricky because it's also like we're living in such an age of where misinformation is being, and disinformation, you know, there's differentiations between these terms but like, I don't know. Yeah. When we're living through a global pandemic and people in way too big of numbers are saying it's a whole, f- you know, either it's all fake or the vaccine is going to microchip you or that your government is trying to kill you. So eat horse paste. And that it's like, yeah, at a certain point, this huge proliferation of information and the way it's, be- it's being amplified and things. It is causing some problems, pretty, and I think you can say it's a causative factor. It's not just like, oh, it just so happens this information is out there. It's like, no, it's being perpetuated and being amplified and being proliferated in all these ways that it's, it's tough. It's messy. I don't have an answer for you. Because we're
0: not saying that media has no effect. I mean, look at the Fox News effect, kind of. Like, it, it obviously has an effect. It's just... They made it a boogeyman to Yeah, it's, to I don't blame. think it's
1: as cut, as dry, cut yeah. and dry as people like to think and, it is. And they're
0: pointing at stuff that is as far removed from reality as you yeah. can get to blame rather than, like, you Something know... presenting
1: itself as a news program. Yeah. Is like, as it, a, as a, like, a proper, credible source like, I think, of
0: information? I think the shit that, like, Dr. Oz says is far more damaging to people that buy into his doctor title. Than, like,
1: the evil dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this movie does an interesting job with that because it kind of shows all sorts of... Uh, Sides, mm-hmm. and one thing I liked about it, uh, in particular, was how well they sort of captured elements of it that I, I know based on researching this and seeing documentaries, reading books about it,
1: and living part of it,
0: and living part of it. Yeah, I guess I was there during the tail end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember growing up seeing all these like news broadcasts, even when I was in Australia. These uh, uh, they would have these things where it's like our our disgusting movies corrupting our children. Yeah, my parents let me watch horror movies anyway. <laughs> but yes, in the movie they show elements of things that happened, like the uh, shady video sh- store clerk. Yes, uh, with the videos behind the counter um, in that Draconian Days documentary I, I briefly mentioned earlier, they talk about the the illicit bootleg video trade Mm -hmm. and uh, how they had to do this kind of stuff. It's like you had to know someone to get into the back room. So it was cool seeing that in the movie. Yeah. And just all sorts of uh, elements.
1: Yeah. And like the, and almost like, because he's like, well, when she was trying to find more movies by this director Mm -hmm. and goes to the, yeah, the illicit video, the the store where that's not what they, that's not what they advertise as, but like, you know, that's where to go. That's where the source is. And just almost like the language she had to speak was of like, oh well, I've seen this one, and my yeah. favorite part was this, and like to I show. I want to see the
0: movie she's talking about, right? like all the stuff it's like takes a stapler and puts it up his own butt to puke his own guts out <laughs> onto his dick, and it's like, yeah,
1: that was my favorite. I
0: want to see that movie. But
1: yeah, this this showing, demonstrating like insider knowledge and credibility, and like, oh, you can trust me, man. I've totally seen this depraved stuff, and I want more. Not realizing that she's seen it because she's the one ruling on it. Yeah,
0: she's the one who like made it so this is illegal. Or and like, drove made him the, underground. Yeah, this version had to be behind the counter. Yeah. As an aside, it reminds me of one of the anecdotes that I heard. I think someone said that they were like hiring out the censored versions and then dubbing over it with the uncensored version because they had <laughs> copies of the tape and just returning them to the video store.
1: Oh, that's fine.
0: Yeah, because uh, you can easily tape off, tape over those rental tapes. There's like this mm. little tab that you break off to make it so you can't uh-huh. record on it anymore. Uh-huh. All the VHS tapes had this. But if you put a piece of tape over the hole, it registers it right. as, uh, oh, it's, the, the tab's there is <laughs> recordable. And so you could just dump over people's movies and stuff.
1: Well, that's fine.
0: I think we're being a bit cagey this time about what happens to this movie, partly because it's so fucking new, Mm -hmm. and not many people have had a chance to see it, so I don't really want... I know we've said, like, to discuss these movies, we kind of have to go into spoiler territory, but I don't really want to get into specifics, especially because Vinegar Syndrome's releasing this on 4K. That's why we're not doing major spoilers today, because it's going to be coming out soon, and I would say it's worth seeing. I do have some gripes, and we'll get to that. Uh, I definitely think it's worth seeing, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I found it pretty
1: tense at times. I was like, Oh, what's going I on?" I love the buildup.
0: This, yeah. this actually kind of reminded me of hereditary in that way where I was so on board for right. the first uh, uh, yeah. two thirds. And then the last third, it was just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, less of an extreme of an Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind and way of less
1: like Toronto. Yeah.
0: But in the same kind of way in that it's like, I don't have a problem with what happened. I have a problem with how it happened.
1: I have a problem with both, but not for censor. (laughs) Um,
0: No, I was fine with the concept of the reveal in Hereditary. I just hated how they did it. Uh, I know that's the spiciest fucking take. Anyway, uh, with censor, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I understood the ending. I understood what was happening, and I think it's a cool idea, and I like where you went with it. But you didn't go far enough with it. And Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily mean it needs to be spelled out, but I think in an effort to not spell things out, it did did the opposite. It pulled back too much, where it's like, Okay, I know what happened, but I'm not seeing it at all on the screen because you've pulled back so much.
1: Yeah. And so and I'm like being like start asking myself, am I is this what happened?
0: Yeah, because we were both like what? And then like pulled it up and it's like, "Oh, that's exactly what I thought happened." And then like but I read I out confused. to you. I read it out to you and you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, easy." Yeah. <laughs> uh so I think that's more of it than anything like I feel like it kind of drops the ball in the end in the how of it, but like I said, I think it's a good movie overall, mm-hmm. and uh, I would gladly watch it again, maybe too. down the road, yeah. but yeah, that's Censor, it's uh, a good movie about especially the way the plot goes as she's solving the mystery to do with her, her sister, that one mm-hmm. missing, like you set up there. Um, it really blends, blurs that line between film and reality. Mm-hmm. And that
1: idea that like, oh, maybe these films can make you insane, yeah, or whatever the charge of them was.
0: Yeah, and they do it in a cool way too. In that this is a shot on film, widescreen movie, like standard aspect ratio. But as the movie goes, and and like the lines between reality and these movies blur. It's the, the aspect ratio of the movie itself starts shrinking and mm. the video quality starts fucking up, so it looks more and more like one of these bad, dubbed-over illegal tapes. Right, that's
1: been watched and, a million times. And
0: uh, so, you know, like, the, the technical aspect of the film is literally mirroring the way that she's collapsed these two in mm-hmm. her own mind. And I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, love that. I feel like a lot of movies kind of forget that movies are a... You know, there's a very specific way to make movies that nowadays that's very unobtrusive or that's intrusive in acceptable ways. Like, I think of, like, the 90s rapid-fire editing, flashy kind of MTV generation, as they called it at the time, where it's like, yeah, you're seeing the form of the film happening. You're mm-hmm. seeing the edits. It's very pronounced. But it's in this very specific, predictable way. Right. Whereas I like It's like, yeah, you're using a medium to tell a story. Use that medium to its full effect. Whereas a lot of the time it's just... You know, it's, they treat it like a window. Mm-hmm. We're looking through the window at what's happening. Right. And I like it too because this doesn't do it in that winking at the camera meta way. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Yep, yeah, sensor. Good one. Uh, cool. So the other one we watched was Barbarian Sound Studio. Mm-hmm.
1: 2012?
0: 2012, yeah. This is one I've been wanting to see for a long time.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'd heard about it until you proposed. This episode.
0: Yeah, it's funny, because I saw Sensor was on, I'm like, oh, cool, let's watch that. Maybe we can do an episode out of it. And yes. then, like, in the people who saw Sensor, like, it was right there, I'm like, oh, shit, that's available, too. Nice. Because I've been trying to score a Blu-ray for a while, um, it doesn't have a Blu-ray here.
1: Oh, And the problem okay. is that
0: a lot of the import, because co- I has, like, a region free player and all that, yeah. so no worries, but uh, import costs were too much to right. justify, especially given that the uh, whole... I'm actively looking for a job so I can pay for things. hmm Yeah.
1: Yeah, those are all factors to consider.
0: This movie is about a sound designer who is going to a studio, the uh, titular Barbarian Sound Studio, to record the sound or mix the sound for this... Um,
1: Equestrian film.
0: The Equestrian Vortex, <laughs> but it has an Italian title. And right off the bat i I, did, I don't think i actually fully knew how much the movie leaned on this but mm. he's essentially sound mixing an italian horror movie yeah he's
1: it's yeah it's very much like like half the time when they were describing what was happening in the movie cuz part of the premise of this movie is you don't actually see the movie that's being made you just like hear the sounds as they're doing the full which rework. i thought
0: was genius it it is, that was absolutely. such a smart way to do this it reminds me of sensor like changing things to the video format Using it like, this movie's about sound design, mm-hmm. let's do everything through sound. Yes,
1: exactly. So, like, yeah, amazing premise, very well executed. And so as they're showing this movie, I'm just like, are they making Suspiria? But, like, if it leaned way more into the witch stuff instead of just having it, like, as kind of a, like, uh, witches... Yeah, it was like <laughs> the sus- last act.
0: It was it really sounded like Suspiria meets like full on Jalo meets something like Mark of the Devil or one yeah. of those really grotty movies from, yeah, the, yeah. from the era.
1: Yeah, but when um, I was. We were doing the research beforehand. It, it, there was one article or interview or something where they really were like, yes, jolly. Yes, Italian horror. Yes, yeah. this is all, you know, kind of tribute to that. There's and no, that time if, if it was a
0: coincidence, I'd just be like, <laughs> dude, get a lottery ticket or something. Right? Like, how the fuck yeah, did no, you that like, manage that? That was very intentionally
1: that? woven into the design yeah. and the story.
0: So another movie that is so fucking on my alley, because it seems mm-hmm. like my two favorite things to actually like, my The two pools I like to be in in horror is Video Nasties and Italian Horror. Yes. And those two overlap enough as it is anyway. So, like, this week was a great week for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, yeah, so this guy, he goes there. And one of my favorite details that's barely spoken of is... Uh, Okay, first he he does sound mixing in his shed back home. Yeah, like he's like, like
1: it's like a hobbyist. Yeah, almost. just like
0: outside dorking or whatever. Well, he he must have he has like a, skills. Like he has, because, some, like he has
1: some, some. Yeah, he has skills for sure, and he has some evidently. Like he's done jobs, he's like, had well, gigs. Like
0: because they brought him in specifically because he's good at what he does. Yes, like he's specifically pro level. He's just maybe not like industry he's not an industry pro yeah he's not he doesn't
1: have like an agent or anything
0: yeah and one of my favorite details is that he's brought in to make this and he's just like shocked that it's a horror movie and he's just like oh equestrian vortex i, I thought this was a nature documentary about horses and it's like because that's the kind of stuff he would do before and yeah it's fucking great <laughs>
1: It kind of sucks though, because it sounds pretty brutal.
0: <laughs> oh, the, yeah, there's stuff in this movie where, like, the whole time I'm just like, I want to see this movie. Then they describe something that's like, I don't know if I want to see that part yeah. of this movie. Yeah.
1: And so n- not only not giving him the heads up, but then also some of the shit that it's like, this is the part where we torture the witch this way. It's yeah. like, that sucks. I
0: mean, literally that everything sucks. to describe, even the harshest, like, gross sexual violence I have seen in other movies. For but sure. But it's also one of those things that that's you the great. You seek it out. But the other point, the other point is that's where it's great that they do the sound and don't show it because it's less offensive when you actually see it in the movies I've seen because they're so cheaply done that it's like, oh, conceptually that's abhorrent, but it's so hokey. I, it's hard to be that offended by it. Whereas when your mind is making it 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 up, up it's like, this is the nastiest movie ever created. exactly So He's working on this movie, and he is not into the genre, and this sounds like a particularly gruesome one, and he like, he clearly has a problem watching this and doing the work. Like, it kind of fucks him up at times, mm-hmm. and he's growing more and more uncomfortable as it goes, but that's also compounded by the stress that he's feeling over the working conditions. Mm-hmm. Because I guess he's not used to working on Italian time. <laughs> because it's just completely different from maybe what he's used to both in having the hobbyist kind of yeah, garden shed.
1: Yeah, semi-professional, pro or whatever.
0: And also just like maybe the way the work ethic works in like stiff opera like Britain versus siesta time Italy. Yeah. And the guy who runs a studio or, like, the head guy, I think he might be the film producer or something, is a total piece of shit. Yes. And he treats everyone like shit. And, like, that's just off the bat before you realize he's, like, also a sex pest. Yeah, yeah. And all that. And same with the director. Because the director's, like, doing the whole, like, such a snake. What a snake. He's just like, oh, I'm such a loving guy. I love everybody. Oh, I'm so good. I'm so glad you're here. Hugs. I'm going to kiss your face because I'm Italian and Uh that's what they do. That was an experience from life. And (laughs) um, then you realize he's also grossed. Straight up. Sexually assault one of the voice actors one of the the women doing the dubs over so she trashes the studio Mm -hmm. and uh they have to get a replacement and of course it said it's so hollywood even but also of the time there that they're recasting for the voice actor is based on pictures Mm -hmm. they're looking at pictures of different women And they're like, oh, she looks great. Or, like, what is it? The guy's like, oh, yeah, that would give a dog a boner Uh or something. It's just like, Jesus.
1: Yeah, and then when they don't perform the way they are expecting them to, they blame them and, like, like, maybe even, like, torture them a little bit.
0: Like, one lady's screaming and it's just, it's just like, wow, she doesn't sound Italian at all or something like that. It's like, can't scream like an Italian. It's like, you hired her based on her face. Because
1: you wanted to, yeah. No shit. Wanted to fuck her.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so there's all this gross cinema politics, like filmmaking politics, going on, and just uh, shitty
1: working conditions. Yeah,
0: and then he's trouble with that. And there's also he's getting letters from back home about things to do with his mom, and it's just like kind of unfolding mm-hmm. there, like these shitty things. Like I think there's the uh, family of birds.
1: Yeah, they have they chickens or something. Yeah, and they
0: get and the the babies all get torn apart by magpies. Yeah, or something. And he hears this through the, through the letter. letter and. It's all these things that are weighing on him. and then there's a flip. he starts hallucinating things to do with the movie mm-hmm. that's being made and he's it's almost like this weird repulsion esque thing where he's just kind of cooped up in his apartment and all this weird stuff's going on similar to what I liked about sensor in using the film technique to echo the themes of the movie mm-hmm. um, and give a but, certain
1: amount of like disorientation to the viewer yeah too.
0: there are parts where we see a scene play out and then the scene plays out again, but it's dubbed over. Like mm-hmm. one of, you know, it's Bozo doves over kind of thing. And, uh, he's just freaking out as he's watching what happened to him poorly dubbed on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to earlier scenes in the movie where he's doing like foley work Yeah, and we don't see what's on the screen, but now we see what's on the screen and it's him stabbing someone like that opening stabbing scene when he's like cutting up the watermelon it's like oh that's so excessive it's him stabbing the intruder in in the apartment that they're fully into and it collapses it in such a way that you never know what did or didn't happen Mm -hmm. like to an extent like I I feel like it's firmly all in his head yeah but at the same time it doesn't say that explicitly nor does it say this is actually real yeah and so I think disorienting, like you said, is a really good word. Just like the last movie, I feel like the end is kind of where it's like, when it was over, like, oh, that's it? Yeah. And I think, tell me if you feel similarly or separately or differently from this. Uh, I feel like I really like the slow burn of this. I like the mm-hmm. slow build. But then when the strangeness happened, it kind of flipped on a dime.
1: And yeah. And it was very strange. Yes.
0: And so I'm okay with the left turn. But then it didn't build to much. It was just like, you know, uh about an hour in we get the turn, and then the movie just stays at that level mm-hmm. and then doesn't then do much really, about it. Yeah. Like it's more the meaning of the film at the end is sort of the meaning that we've understood all along about the pressures yeah. of the job and how it's like crumbling his brain. Which but just, there's there's no final point. Yeah, on that. so
1: which you're like which where you're like which is good, but like that's it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's not that there was anything bad or wrong with the movie. I just feel like they could have done a little more mm-hmm. with it.
1: And yeah, when shit started no. getting weird, I wasn't sure if they were going to go for a, like, ooh, is, like, are strange things afoot in real life? It's yeah. not just the movie.
0: Yeah, and I like the ambiguity. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the problem is that they didn't spell it out. I don't think yeah. it needs to be spelled out. No. I just think that, you know, like, it... Do more. It peaks early and then kind of stays at that level and then just sort of ends. Yeah. And... Yeah, it was good. Again, I, I liked them both. I, I do not regret paying money for them. I wish I had physical copies because I don't, I generally do not like buying things digitally. Because
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I like to actually own the movie in yeah. a sense that I can rewatch it not as opposed like, to like, oh, Apple decided to pull it.
1: Yeah. Sucks the view. the license or whatever. Yeah. So we're keeping your money, but you yeah. don't get your thing anymore.
0: It's so absurd that that's even like legal. Right. But you know, no one reads the uh, terms yeah. of service.
1: Yeah, That's on. it.
0: Yeah, those are the two movies we watched. We watched another movie that kind of fits in, but uh, we decided to uh, cut things off a little earlier this time due to uh, constraints on getting this edited and all that. But we watched the Masters of Horror episode, Cigarette Burns. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. Similar kind of thing Yeah, to the, these. the
1: premise of, like, can a movie make you insane? Yeah.
0: And uh, this one's through a uh, film collector's, like, or... Procurer. It so, made me think
1: of like eight millimeter.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Where, that, where yeah. I'm like,
1: I need something extreme. Go find it for me. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like I, I feel. It's you like know, notorious. I felt like this is the horror like TV movie version of like what the the cats over at Vinegar Syndrome or Severn Films do. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. Go find me the most notorious thing yeah. that will make me lose my mind when I watch it.
0: And it was John Carpenter directing mm-hmm. this episode. But yeah, I guess this brings to the ultimate question of where do you think these movies sit or your interpretation of these movies sit in terms of how what we watch and consume can affect us psychologically?
1: Yeah, I was trying to think about that because part of me, it, you know, of, of the whole, if I was taking the approach of like, I'm writing a persuasive essay, I need a hook in my yeah. in my intro talking about like, oh, is are these, you know, filmmakers who have either perhaps like in Carpenter's case maybe been censored or who are you know aware of this happening and asking like well what if yeah let's explore the what if but I'm like it might not be that deep it might just be (laughs) like like what if what if a movie could make you insane yeah and it's and so yeah and then at that point it's like okay is it the movie or are you already just like that's the straw that broke the camel's back so to speak
0: yeah, it's very interesting, because um, I can't really... I don't know much about the people behind Barbarian Sound Studio, but mm-hmm. they clearly have a love for these Italian trashy movies. Yes. Otherwise, they would be wild to pay that much loving attention to them. No kidding. And then the Video Nasty one, it's clearly coming from a place of love for those Video Nasties. I mean, it's released, and I think in part produced by people that... They release these movies. Like yeah. they, they, they restore and release these movies. Right. So I think both movies are coming from places of people that love the dreck that's infecting things, but both movies also say like, yes, this corrupts you. So, it's- Or they're at
1: least showing that perspective, like I th- whether or not they're endorsing it. I'm
0: not saying the filmmakers are endorsing yeah. it, because I'd be shocked if they actually believed that, yeah. but I mean the narrative of the film right. follows that. Where yeah. it's just like, yeah, these movies are about people that see extreme stuff and it distorts their reality. Mm-hmm. So it's very... And I enjoyed them, too, as someone who thinks that, as an argument, that's crap.
1: Yeah. kind of thing. So Me it's too. very interesting where it's like, why are we
0: all so into this when this is the thing that people have done and said to take it away from us? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird.
1: Yeah, it's a cheeky sort of, like what if like this isn't the case but what if it was
0: i mean you know me like i i love trans panic movies i love like i mean the the crappy ones like sleepaway camp which is actually amazing um or like the killer lesbian movies it's just Mm -hmm. like it's one of those things that like oh when when straight heteronormative society says it how dare you but when i a consumer of these things
1: i an I am elevated enough to be able to watch this without being corrupted. Yes, I am
0: the esteemed queer dirtbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Because, uh, like, I, I honestly... I mean, I guess it's really impossible to say for everyone, and I'm not going to say anything from someone who literally doesn't have any kind of training in research on these things. Like... I do not have a psych degree or anything like that. You're I obvious. Have, I have never studied the human mind. I've absorbed a bit from you. <laughs> but I know from my experience, you know, these movies don't make me more violent or or horrible. Like I you you know me. You're like, "Oh, I cut my finger." I'm like, oh, "Don't
1: show it to me. Don't show it <laughs> to me." I
0: can't stand the blood. Like I get queasy at the sight of blood and, you know, I don't kill bugs. And I scoop them up and put them outside. Legs. And then the beyond is just like the I was like, I want that engraved on my body. <laughs> My body is a roadmap of pain. And, uh, yeah. So I think it really boils back to that Cronenberg thing of like confusing fantasy for reality.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you, if you're doing that, then is that the fault of the material or is that, again, is that a you problem? That's the other
0: thing. If you want to take the side that it is, it it can have this effect. Like if you're, if you want to say this is an extension of like the, uh, people promoting horse paste is good and people are just like, Yes. Thank you, Joe Rogan. Thank you for saying that into my ear. Um, it's one of those, uh, if you want to fall that side, then then why are we blaming the creators for this?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I think that's another thing that gets done. You know, the whole, oh, that movie's misogynistic. And it's like, no, the movie's about misogyny. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are misogynistic movies Absolutely. about misogyny, or ones that are just misogynistic. But yes. It's the whole, like, going back to that debate that we've had constantly since restarting the podcast of just, like yeah representation is not endorsement Mm -hmm. necessarily
1: yeah and often things that need to be discussed and solved and probably all these things like if you don't talk about them out of a fear of like oh this is gonna be seen as endorsing it's like nothing's ever gonna happen yeah if you don't talk about sexual violence yeah then we can just ignore it
0: well, that's just, you know, like the repressed like family of just like, oh, we don't talk about those things. Yeah, and then everyone therefore they just don't exist. has the problem bubbling under the yeah, surface. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting to say the least. Just... <laughs> oh, we should just go on to recommendations though. Okay.
1: Well, this one came to me mostly kind of from, I guess, cigarette burns, but a little bit from the others too, and the sort of like the collapsing of reality versus fiction versus what's going on around mm-hmm. the fiction and everything. Um, I thought of one that we watched while we were still on hiatus that we'll definitely cover at some point because we both loved it. It's hysterical. Um, It's on Shudder. It's from 2019 and it's called Porno. Uh,
0: porno. That was, that was a movie.
1: Yeah, it was so much fun. And it's, yeah, one of those, well, yeah, the premise is, uh uh-oh, we found a, like, old derelict porno theater hidden in like the wall of the movie theater we work in and oops we accidentally summoned a succubus
0: yeah we played a porno film and the succubus came out (laughs) and oh so now the
1: movie is real life
0: i absolutely adored how the characters were just like the very like innocent (laughs) like like small town teens small town christian teens that like they, they they really felt, like, almost like they stepped out of the Mormons from orgasmo in that very, like, <laughs> idealized wide-eyed way. But it yeah. does it in a way where they joke about it without just being mean about it. Yeah, they're not Yeah, like,
1: they're not making fun of them. They're just being like, oh, like, yeah, they're laughing with them yeah, as opposed yeah. to at them.
0: It's really fun. It I, is. That's a good pick. One i definitely watch again. And, yeah, we should, uh, hey, next time we get into maybe the overlap of porn and horror... A topic yeah. that we've been to or before, or if we do another
1: like the movie became real life, or... yeah, we'll see. We we have options
0: someday. Mm-hmm. Cool, good one. Uh, my choice is gonna be something that I think is mostly piggybacking off of Barbarian Sound Studio. It's a Jello I've seen a couple times and barely remember from Lumberto Bava, Mario mm-hmm. Bava's son, called Blade in the du- a Blade in the Dark from 1983. It's about a guy who's locked away in this villa. Doing the composing the score for an Italian horror movie. Mm. I mean, this, for him it would just be a horror movie because it's right. all in Italy kind of thing. It's not like the, with a Barbarian, domestic
1: horror movie.
0: Yeah, the Bavarian Sound Studio. Like same things there, but it's this fish out of water.
1: Yeah, British as opposed guy to somebody who's just like in it.
0: Yeah, but it's one of those things where uh, this one doesn't so much do the uh, conflating reality or the blending of two but it does give sort of the backdrop and atmosphere for the movie and we get a jollo set in that like this is why he's secluded and mm. this is why things are happening and they have a couple set pieces that kind of do it. I believe this is the one that has a scene where uh, one of the victims is strangled with film.
1: Oh, fun. Uh, if I'm thinking
0: of the right thing and it has a very outrage- outrageous reveal <laughs> of the killer and I love the ending of this movie and, uh, also, it's one of my favorite inexplicable things ever, ever, in the history of movies, where there's this cockroach
1: walking across the floor,
0: and the person's like, oh my god, it's a spider. <laughs> and like, it's like, quick, squish that spider, it's just this roach.
1: So it's a comedy, too. And
0: it, it's uh, it's weird. It's great. It's fun. And like that wasn't a joke. It was just like, what a fucking... <laughs> there's something about these, a uh, certain genesis, about these Italian ones. What's the Italian translation of that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Bull. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, a certain amount of bull.
0: But yeah, I, I, I think that's a fun one. I think you'd enjoy watching it.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd check it out.
0: Yeah, it could be something... When do we ever need an excuse to watch Italian horror mm. on this podcast? It's been a minute since we've done the uh, Queer Jello cult, mm. hasn't it? So...
1: to bring that back soon, too.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, that's about it. Uh, I don't think there's anything exciting or new to say about the podcast. We don't have a Patreon yet, but maybe someday. Just we keep talking about it for months and months. It's like, it. oh yeah, yeah, maybe
1: we'll do that next month.
0: Yeah. I think the problem now largely is, especially since we're, you know, we're doing this every other week by mm-hmm. necessity. It's like, how do we go about making an adequate amount of content that's Patreon exclusive, but different enough that we can justify making it a Patreon thing as opposed to why wouldn't we just go back to every week? Yeah, There's logistic issues. We'll figure something out. I don't
1: know. We'll take any tips from people who have insight and would like to share them.
0: Yeah. uh, Or
1: recommendations. Or whether that's somebody who you have your own podcast with some monetization or somebody who's just like, I don't, but I would subscribe because of X, Y, Z reasons. Yeah. Cool. We'll we'll, we'll listen. Hit us up.
0: Yeah. Hit us up. I think before we can even think about a Patreon, we just have to get better at social media. (laughs) Like we're bad at that. Oh, well, I'm,
1: like, pretty good at Instagram. You're so good at Instagram, we just it. don't keep
0: up with it, and I barely ever tweet, and I was listening to an uh, old episode, or not, like, listening, listening, but, like, I was trying to pull info from a couple old episodes, and uh, I jumped to a point in the episode where I think I literally say, it's like, how about this, you be the Insta person, I'll be the Twitter person, oh. so I very much dropped the ball. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I'm really looking forward to the next couple weeks planned, or the next couple episodes planned. I've got some fun ones mm-hmm. in the pipe. Uh, but that's about it.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: So I guess take it easy and keep it sleazy.